Okay, well, hey guys, welcome to New Life. Glad to have you guys with us. How many people are excited to be at church today? Come on, let me hear you. All right, that's great. Man, I want to say a big hello to all of, uh, all of our uh, church that's worshiping with us at our North Platte campus, as well as you that are at one of our two venue sites here at our Kearney campus. Thank you so much, and a big hello to everybody that's uh, possibly worshiping with us online. I've heard so many people thank us for having that online service as something as simple as broadcasting the service live. It's now, uh, it's been broadcasting for quite a while now, even on Facebook live as well. I would not encourage you to try to like watch it while you're in the service though. Um, a little delayed, a little awkward for those sitting around you. Um, so don't go like, wow, that was a really good point. Let me go Facebook live and listen to that again. All right. Just go back later because you can go to mynewlifechurch.com and you can watch all of our previous sermons there. They're in our on demand site. Uh, you can just track along. It's incredible. Now, look, this is our last Sunday in our teaching series, chain breaker. Uh, how many of you guys have felt like God's used chain breaker to really speak some great biblical truth to your life and set us free, right? Amen. Amen. It's, uh, it's been a challenging series from a communicator's perspective, but yet an easy series. I mean, it, it, there's so much scripture about the chains that we dealt with throughout this, this series. You know, it just proves the point that God knows what humanity is going to deal with. So his word's very practical to deal with it. But it also proves that God doesn't want us to live with the chains. God wants us to be set free from the chains. And that's why we entitled it Chain Breaker, because we believe that Jesus is the chain breaker and he wants to break us from the chains that the enemy is trying to wrap around our lives and to keep us from being all that God really called us to be. So in a way, this Chain Breaker series has been highlighting the concept of like a gauntlet. Um, and, and this really kind of hit me this last week for this series, and I saved this for the last week. But this entire series, we've been like people walking through a gauntlet. Now, if you don't know what a gauntlet is... A gauntlet was used by, you know, ancient and older militaries when a soldier would break the rules. When a soldier was found to be like out of line, they broke the conduct of what a soldier was supposed to live by. Then they, uh, the commander would say, you know, I'm going to punish you to the gauntlet. So the rest of his soldier friends would have to line up two lines You know, he would stand at the beginning of the gauntlet. The commander would maybe stand at the end of the gauntlet. And then he would, you know, motion for now the punished soldier to walk through the gauntlet. Now, as they walked through the gauntlet, the gauntlet was a place of shame. It was a place to let your punishment be made known and let your friends beat you with sticks and rods and, you know, shafts and spears and swords and maybe the butt end of a gun, you know, and just really harass you and physically bring harm to your body. In fact, uh, to, to such extent that in some cultures, the gauntlet was used to even bring death to a soldier who broke the rules. So you can see that gauntlet is not something that you want to walk through. It's not something that you want to be in, and it's a place of shame, and it's a place that brings death. Um, and, but here, here's the truth, though. Today, in today's world, um, we're running through a gauntlet of sexual chains, And that's the topic I want to talk to you today about, is the the sexual chains that the enemy is trying to wrap us up with to hold us in a place of bondage to keep us from being the men and women God's called us to be. And every single day that we wake up in America, in this world in which we live in in 2018, we're walking through a gauntlet where the enemy's throwing chain after chain after chain our way, trying to trip us up and wrap us up. I mean, look, we get beat up 
just by, you know, with the sexual chains, that, that as, as we just try to stream our, our shows that we want to watch on our, on our favorite streaming platform, you know, that you might be using Roku or Apple TV or, you know, a Prime account or whatever it is. And you're trying to watch something. It's just like you're getting bombarded with these sexual chains that are getting thrown our way or just doing work and doing Google searches or, you know, the apps on our cell phones with certain social media features and things like that. I mean, it it comes at us from all over, not just to mention the printed material that's everywhere. And, you know, many times it's just going out in public. You're walking through a gauntlet where the enemy's trying to throw these sexual chains around us and to wrap us up. And this sexual gauntlet, if you will, this, the chains that get thrown out at us, they happen to all of us, by the way. Like there's nobody left out. There's, it's not just for men. It, it, it's also, you know, for women. It's not just for the young. It's also for the old. It's like, it's everywhere. And the enemy's trying to infiltrate our culture, our society, and our hearts to try to warp us from really living out a life that God called us to. And everybody is affected by it. Even your pastor is affected by it. Last Sunday, I found it so interesting. So interesting the way that the enemy tries to work. Last Sunday after church, my wife was, she had a meeting and it had, you know, lunch involved with it. And so obviously that perked my interest. And so, you know, I go and I eat lunch because I'm starving. And after that, I go, honey, what are you going to do? And she's like, well, I got to stay here with this meeting. I go, well, I've got a board meeting. Um, You know, it starts at 430. And then right after that, I have a, a district event that's happening in our high school auditorium. I got to get to that as well. And so I'm just going to run home, you know, for a short period of time. And then I'm going to come right back because I got a lot, a lot to do. She goes, yeah, absolutely. So I ran home and I'm, you know, I'm just going to do the normal thing. Like I'm going to sit down and I'm going to veg out to some TV show. And I, I had seen, you know, on this streaming platform that we use on a regular basis, uh, I, I'd seen this show and it was like, wow, it really intrigued me. And I even told my wife, like, I really want to watch that show. It's got adventure mixed with just the right amount of sci-fi to it. All right. Like it's, it's not a, enough sci-fi to make it like totally weird. Right. But it's got a, enough sci-fi to be weird. Okay. So that's kind of my show. I don't know if anybody else is in that category of life. Anybody genre. All right. Two other people. Thank you very much. All right. That's all. They're probably all in North Platte right now. Thank you, North Platte people for your support. Appreciate that. I don't know what that says about you. I apologize. So anyways, I, I, I go to watch the show. In fact, I, what I do is I click on it, right? And uh, I read the little blurb about it and I go, yes, I think this is my kind of show. And so I start it like season one, episode one, the pilot, right? It starts out exactly the way you want it to start out. Adventure, sci-fi. I mean, I'm like, yeah, man, like this might be a new show. Like this could be really cool. Like Kim would watch it with me. Like she would endure it because she loves me. Right. And so we could maybe watch this together. It's really good. And it's all starting out great. And things are going and I'm probably reaching into like, you know, eat peanuts or chips or candy and drinking a soda or something like that. And then like the show goes on a little bit. And then all of a sudden, like this, like out of the blue, boom, here is this woman with no clothes on standing there fully naked from the top of her head all the way to the bottom of her feet, completely naked. Like at that moment, like my hand's like getting some peanuts. I'm like, what? <laughs> you know, you know, some of you have been in that situation before. You didn't intend to be there. It happened. And so let's just get really transparent for a moment. At that very moment, I had a couple of feelings that went through, went through my heart. One was, Kim's not here. Maybe I, I just keep watching this. That would be a real feeling that all of us would have, even your pastor. Got that feeling running through my mind. 
And I've got the other thing that instantaneously, thank the Lord, ran through my heart, the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Jeff, you know the rule that I asked you to live by, right? And you know the rule that you've been living in your own house, which is there will be no nudity, you know, on our TV screens or our computer screens at our house. That's been the rule since we've had kids. It's the rule now even while our kids are out of the house. So the rules have not changed because there was kids around. The rules were the rules because they honored the Lord, church. And that's something important to recognize. The rules don't change because your circumstances changes. The rules that you establish to live righteous and holy have to be based on God's word. So I've got these things that run through my mind. And then I watch my hand go for the remote. But I have to honestly say to you, there was two thoughts in my hand going for the remote. One, my hand was going for the remote to say, what if I choose option A and I'm just going to watch it? If I hear the door crack, I got to change the channel. Are we transparent enough right now? Are we okay so far? Is everybody buckled in safely along for the ride? So here I am at this moment and my hand's gone for the remote. I got the remote in my hand and I'm asking myself, is this remote in my hand so that I can change the channel if Kim comes in or is this remote in my hand so I can honor the Lord? I went with honor the Lord. Boom, turn it off. I do have to admit, right after I turned it off, I, I was like, I was ticked. I was mad. I was like, no, like that was a good show and you just stole the show from me, right? I mean, that's how I felt. Like I was like, oh man, it's another, another show that gets taken away. It's another little thing that I want to use, right? And I get a little ticked off and that's the wrong attitude. But then I had another choice I had to make. Isn't it interesting how one moment on one screen can make so many choices for you? They happen so rapidly. So then I've got a choice. Like, what am I going to do? Like, am I, am I just going to play this off like nothing ever happened? Because Kim wasn't there. She didn't see it. Like, would it hurt her at all? Right? What if she asked later, like, hey, what about that, that sci-fi show you said you want to watch? You want to watch it? What am I going to say? Well, sure, yeah, let's, uh, let's play it. <laughs> whoa, whoa. And then I'm going to wait for the moment to happen again. I'm going to be like, oh, dog, I'm just going to turn it off and look how righteous I am. Is that, is that my play right now? What's my play? Right? So when Kim gets home, I tell her, I said, honey, look, I went to watch the show. I told you about the show. Um, very disappointed. Uh, I, want to, I want, want to let you know what happened. Here's what went down. And I, I turned it off. There was something about that that I felt in this heart I needed to tell my wife. That was not out of guilt, though, church. I didn't feel guilty for that. I'm not, I didn't intend to do that. That just came. That's the gauntlet that I'm talking about, where the chains are getting thrown at you all the time. And what I want to tell you as a side note, as a caveat to this whole story, is, is this. When it comes time to confess, we, can, we, confess, we confess to the Lord, right, out of conviction. We don't confess out of guilt, like confessing out of guilt will get you nowhere because oftentimes confessing out of guilt is because you want to alleviate the guilt off of your life. We confess out of conviction. I felt conviction. Like, Lord, you said that there'll be no nudity in our house and, I, and I'm obeying that. I believe your word you know, would instruct us in that way. And so you know, when I turned that off, that was an act of worship to you. And as another act of worship to you, I'm confessing that to my wife out of the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Are you following me? So all of us guys, all of us walk through this gauntlet. I only tell you that story 
because the enemy tried to overplay his hand last Sunday and he lost and he's going to lose again today because as I tell you that story, you can't believe that I would even be telling you a story of what I've gone through and now, hopefully, prayerfully, it just made it a little easier for you to respond to the Lord today and go, you know what, if my pastor can be as transparent to stand up here and go, that's real life, that's a real gauntlet, I want freedom from the chains that the enemy has around me. That's been my prayer for you all week long. All week long, that's been my prayer. So although we live in a gauntlet of sexual chains, here's the good news. God has an ultimate plan for us. I want to take you to that plan. 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 5. It says that God's will is for you to be what? Holy. And this is how he says how to, how to maintain holiness. So stay away from all sexual sin. Then each of you will be able to do something. You'll be able to control your own body and live in holiness and honor before the Lord. Not in lustful passion like the pagans or those who are you know, not obeying God and who don't know God and or his ways. God says to us that there is a way for us to live holy, but the way to live holy then is for us to flee from or stay away from the sexual sin or the chains that so easily want to entangle us and wrap around us. But by staying away from the sexual chains, by avoiding them, by setting up those biblical standards in our lives, then we have the best opportunity to live holy before God, to set ourselves apart, to say, my life is going to be bent on honoring God, and I'm going to follow him with everything inside of me, and I'm going to trust in the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit to overcome the sin that so easily entangles me. So if, church, if if you have sexual chains that are wrapped all around you, they could be wrapped around you from the top of your head to the bottom of your feet today, I want you to know something. Today is a day of freedom in Jesus' name. If you find that sexual chains keep making their way back into your life over and over again, then I've got good news for you. Today is a day of freedom in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. That means that today is designed for you. But here's another thing. If you've been looking for a church that will love you just the way you are and love you enough to help you become all that God wants you to be, then you're in a good place today because we'll love you right where you are with all the chains wrapped all around you because we know that that's what the enemy does. But we know that God brings freedom and we'll love you in a relationship to become all that God has for your life. You're in a good place if that's the kind of church you're looking for. If you're looking for a, for a church that will take God's word and make it really practical to live by, like dealing with sexual chains and how you can be set free from them, then you're in the right place today. And if you're looking for a church where God's spirit is alive, and we believe that through the anointing of God's spirit, that God's spirit and God's spirit alone can break chains supernaturally today, right where we are in whatever campus you're sitting in, even if you're online today with us, then you're it. You're at the right place, you're at the right church. Because the day we're going to tackle this difficult issue, that will, and we're going to break some chains today, these sexual chains, once and for all. But we're going to start with this one big truth, and that's this, that God created us to be sexual, and that sex isn't evil. That's the first place we're going to start. God created you to be sexual, and sex isn't evil. I'm afraid that, because I grew up in the church my entire life, that I'm afraid that the church, the big C church, has turned sex into something that's evil as we've preached about it. We've preached primarily about the sin of sex and not the gift of sex. 
Primarily, we've attacked it because our culture is so inundated with it. And so I'm not like blaming us for it because I've been a part of that. But today I want to try to tackle this from a more, you know, a different perspective. I want to tackle it from a redemptive perspective. I want to tackle it from a God gift perspective. And because we've, we've primarily looked at it from just its sin, then this has caused sexual change to be unsafe, to bear before the church or to bear before, you know, your life group or to even bring before the Lord at an altar like Sunday and even confess them to the Lord because we've, we've made it so icky and yucky and we've attacked it from its sin perspective and we haven't addressed the good news that God's given it. It's caused people to be bound. In fact, it's allowed the enemy to go on the offense with sexual chains and it's put the church on the defense and we will never win. We'll never win from a biblical perspective if all we do is stay on the defense. The Bible in this issue puts us firmly into an offensive position. And when we go into the offense, we can win. But we've got to get the truth of God's word into our hearts to understand how we go on the offense with this issue. So my objective today is to talk about sex from a positive and a truthful perspective um, in an attempt to let the truth, which the Bible says that truth sets us free, to let the truth set us free today from the sexual um, chains that the enemy's trying to wrap around us through this gauntlet of life that we're running through. So are you ready? All right. So if you want to live in victory over the gauntlet of sexual chains, I suggest that you do the following based on God's word. Practice biblical sex. Here's what it means to practice biblical sex. From a married perspective, married couples should practice having sex often. And men, you can thank me later for that. And women, you can thank me later for that too. But from a biblical perspective, from God's word, married couples should be practicing sex often. And here's the reason why. Take a look at what 1 Corinthians chapter 7 has to say. It says, do not deprive each other of sexual relations unless you both agree and Listen very carefully to this, okay? Unless you both agree to refrain from sexual intimacy for a little time so you can give yourselves more completely to prayer. I'm not sure I need to pray that much. I'm just... (laughs) Just being honest. But if you are, spend that time in prayer. Afterward, all right? After you spent all that time in prayer then you should come together again so that, and watch this, so that Satan won't be able to tempt you because of your lack of self-control. So if you're saying here today, like, ah, I've got this, man. This is no problem. Like, I'm along for the ride in today's sermon because I've got this sexual chain thing, like, all figured out. Let me tell you what the Bible says about you. You lack self-control. In our humanity, it's like there's this weakness built in. However, God has a perfect, holy antidote. And this antidote is the purity of marriage. The purity of marriage is where the antidote comes in. And when we give ourselves to one another in intimacy with, by the way, the attitude of how we can benefit our spouse, not first how we get benefited, but first on how we in intimacy benefit our spouse, there is a closeness, there is a bond that comes there where it's as if God builds a wall around you that protects you from the schemes of the enemy and you walk through this gauntlet, you know, less hindered by the chains that the enemy keeps throwing your way. But we gotta be careful with this passage because I think all too often this passage has been used as a weapon in marriage. 
Where one spouse says, hey, I think we need to have sex way more often than what we're doing. And so I'm going to pull this verse out and prove it to you. Like, don't use this verse as a weapon against your spouse. That's going to get you nowhere. You might guilt your spouse into more, into more sex. But isn't it really that you're bringing that up because of something that's selfish than it is because of godly, a God practicing sex where it's intimacy, where it's benefiting the other? Most often when people use it as a weapon, it's for their own selfish gain. What we need to do is we use a verse like this to remind ourselves about God's plan for sexual purity. And God's plan for sexual purity is in marriage and to keep the marriage healthy, secure, and safe, and pure. That's what God's plan is. Now, you got to work out the frequency of sex in your own marriage. Right? That's, that's not what I'm going to stand up here and tell you. Like, i got no secret number for you. You, you need to work that out together. But stay mindful of how God honoring sex keeps you free from sexual chains. That's good news. Practice it. There you go. But what if you're single? Like, how do you practice biblical sex if you're single? Singles, and this is going to be a classic statement, but if you're single in here, biblically, it's to save yourself for sex and marriage. I know that that goes completely against our culture. It goes completely against popular opinion, right? But I'm not up here to preach popular opinion. I'm up here to tell you what God's word says. You may not agree with it. You may have your own opinion, but I would just say this to you. If your opinion doesn't line up with God's word, then it's not an opinion to live your life by. But here's what the Bible says about the issue in Hebrews chapter 13. Marriage should be honored by how many? That includes singles, by the way. Honored by. And marriage is under an attack right now in our country from all different types of aspects. And we've got singles that are not even sure that they want marriage or that marriage is even relevant. And a lot of that kind of comes back on former generations, but it really shows you the extent of the gauntlet of sexual chains and how the sexual chains that the enemy's thrown around our generation is warping our belief. Marriage, the Bible says, should be honored by all and the marriage bed kept pure. And I would say this to you, the marriage bed is something that starts when you're single. It's not something that starts when you get married. Like you got to make a decision when you're single, if I'm going to keep the marriage bed uh, pure, even before I get married, meaning I'm going to save myself, you know, for that special moment when God shows me who I'm going to spend the rest of my life with. Because sexual desire is like an engine. And once you start that engine, it doesn't want to turn off. And that's a good thing, by the way. It's great when it gets turned on in marriage, because you can see as it goes back to that other, that other principle, how it helps protect you. You know, and it keeps us in a life of purity before the Lord. But when that engine gets turned on in our, in our singleness, well, now it can become very destructive. But when you save yourselves, if you're single and you're listening to me, like when you save yourself for marriage, do you realize that statistically your marriage lasts longer, it's healthier, and it's happier? Like that's been proven. Not just in America, but around the world. Surveys have been done, and individuals that have saved themselves sexually for marriage their marriage lasts longer, it's healthier, and it's happier. Now, your parents' marriage may not have lasted long, it may not have been healthy, and it may not have been happy. But that doesn't mean you have to live that same life. One of the key components is keeping yourself pure before the Lord. But what if you don't? Well, then you're like a person who travels through life carrying like 10 suitcases. Like it's, It weighs you down. It bogs you down. And each suitcase, it represents a sexual relationship that you had with someone. 
So if you believe the lies of our culture and you go, well, you know, I got to live with like maybe two or three different people before I can really figure out, you know, who I want to spend the rest of my life with. Well, then just get prepared because those are going to be some really heavy bags that you're going to carry for a long time in your life. They're going to be filled with memories and thoughts and emotions and all kinds of things that you're never going to be able to get back. And you're going to carry them around with you. And then one day you're going to come into this relationship and you're going to, your eyes are going to open up and you're going to go, wow, I want to spend the rest of my life with this person. And you propose to them and you get married and you walk into that first night, you know, with them. And, you know, you've even tried to be pure with them, let's say. But you walk in with these 10 suitcases and you sit them down, you know, in this beautiful room where now there's going to be this moment of intimacy. And you got to unpack all your 10 bags. And, you know, you're going to be unpacking those bags for a long time. That's stuff you're going to carry for a long time. Can God heal you from that? Yes, he can. And that's the good news. But you know what? It might take a long time. So are you prepared for a long-term healing because of all of the bags you're carrying because of the choices you decide to make when you're single? Here's how it's better to be done. Walk into marriage as if you're going to fly, right? But you're just bringing a carry-on, just yourself. Travel a lot lighter. It's a lot less baggage to bring in. If you're single, I I suggest you go with my carry-on plan instead of like the 10 bags. Because you know airlines, that's like $50 a bag. And spiritually... Spiritually, it doesn't work out well either. Okay? So that's, there's that. Here's some more, though. If you want to live in victory over the gauntlet of these sexual chains that the enemy's throwing at us, then love one another as God's creation. Love one another as God's creation. Here's, here's a verse that I want you to look at as I help you understand this point, because it's a positive point, right? It says that, For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created, watch this, through him and who? And for him. See, one of the things that I know acts like a key that goes into the mind and into the heart and it unlocks a biblical truth inside of us is when we choose to start seeing God's creation the way God sees God's creation. Instead of seeing God's creation through the lustful lens of the sexual chains that turns God's creation into an object. Like, God doesn't love his creation, man and woman, like an object. God loves them with an everlasting love that he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die on a cross for, and his heart longs for them. In fact, God loves his creation in such a way that his heart's broken over the sin that his creation desires to you know, bring into their life. God's heart is broken over the chains that we, that we shake Right As we walk through this life, God so desperately and badly wants to set us free from those. But when, when we don't love his creation the way he loves his creation, we start seeing his creation, we start seeing the chains, and we start seeing them as an object, something that we can gain for our own personal gain. And church, I'm just going to tell you, if you want to take the more positive and biblical approach, then start getting close to God and say, God, change the way I see your creation so that I love your creation the way you love your creation. It will start unlocking and setting you free from some of the chains. But here's another one. If you want to be free, walk in victory over the gauntlet of chains. Remind yourself, God lives in me and he's with me all the time. Like it's not just that God is watching us from a distance. If you're a Christian, you call yourself a Christian and you surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. One of the truths that we know from God's word is that his spirit lives in you. He's in you. He's not just watching you. He's in you. That means he's with you in all of these moments where sexual chains are getting wrapped around our life. 
But when you come to grips with the fact that he's not just watching, he's in you, then you're able to follow some powerful truth that's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, where it says, run from sexual sin. The only way that you're going to have a motive to run from it is when you come to grips with the Holy Spirit, God's presence is with me. He's actually in me. He's with me at this moment where I'm faced with, am I grabbing the remote so that I can change it when my wife walks in the door? Or if I'm grabbing the remote so I can turn it off and honor the Lord right now? He's with you. And you can run from the sexual chains that are trying to wrap themselves around you when you know he's in you. Here's why it's so important. Because there's no other sin so, that so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual morality is a sin against your own body. I think we already know that from a physical perspective, that verse is true. How many STDs are there? Like, you don't even want me to start going down the list right now. But it's way more than that. It's mentally. And then it's spiritually. Right? Spiritually, as your heart gets warped and you lose the true purity and the gift that sex really is that God gave you know to you so that you can watch live in purity before God that's the gift but it all gets warped when we don't run from it and we get tangled up in it so why run from sexual sin well based on our point and if you follow out this verse and you go to the very next one in verse 19 and 20 it says here's the reason why you should run don't you realize that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who what lives in you and was given to you by God. You do not belong to yourself, for you were bought. He bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. It all comes back to that. Like When when you get close to God and you're personal with God and you, you desire to be close to him, here's what happens. When the chains start coming, you're more quickly and readily reminded of his constant presence that's in you and with you. You want to live holy before the Lord? Draw close to God so that when the chains come, you remember he's in me. That's good news. That's another piece of the puzzle. Like if we hang on to that, we're able to walk through this life and the gauntlet of chains come and we're reminded that greater is he who is in me than these chains that are coming at me. And he is holy, so I want to be holy like he is holy. But if you want to overcome and live in victory over the gauntlet of these sexual chains that keep coming at us, then here's a few more things. Right? Here's another one. Like Bring your sexual sin to God. Don't try to hide it. Don't try to hide it. Well, you, you might be saying here today then, well, Jeff, that means I'm going to have to like bring it to God on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday, and I might live in victory on Thursday, but then Friday and Saturday. And you know what I would say to you? Then bring it to God on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. In fact, bring it to God on the day you live in victory as well. Bring it to God on Friday and Saturday. Bring it to God, because if you don't, here's what happens. In Psalms, it tells us that when I refused to confess my sin, my body wasted away and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand, Lord, was like a discipline, heavy on me. In fact, it was so heavy on me that my strength had evaporated like water in the summer heat. Finally, I decided I confessed all my sin to you and I stopped trying to hide my guilt And I said to myself, I'll confess my rebellion to the Lord. And look what the Lord did. And you forgave me. All my guilt now is gone. Adam and Eve, they they tried to hide their sin from the Lord. How did that work out? It didn't work out very good. See, when you try to hide your sin from the Lord, it will haunt you 
from the inside out. It creates a guilt divide between you and God. But true confession, it destroys that guilt and it brings you back to a closeness with God. Don't try to hide your sin from God, even if it's something you're failing at every single day right now. You keep running back to the Lord. You keep running back to him. You seek his forgiveness. But here's the bigger point, right? You seek his wisdom and his strength and the authority of his spirit to start overcoming these chains. Because it is possible. God's not putting you in a situation where he's wanting you to fail so he can hear your confession. He's putting you in a situation so that he can show you the power of his spirit so that you can rise above it and overcome it. That's what he's wanting to do so you can, write, you can recognize his authority and his power in your life. But here's another one that goes right along with that. It would be this, to also confess current sexual chains to those that you trust. Those you trust. Now, be careful on those who you trust. Okay, I believe that should be someone of the same gender. I think that's a really good practical place to start. But who should you trust? Is it just somebody that you feel comfortable with? Because that's not, what the, that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says this is the kind of person you're looking for to confess those sins to. Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other. Right? So first off, it's got to be a person that's willing to pray for you. Pray for each other so that you may be healed. Watch this. The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. What kind of a person are you looking for to entrust, entrust your sin to so that you can pray with each other? The earnest prayer of a righteous person. So here's what you're doing. You're not looking for a person that's wrapped up in the same chains that you're wrapped up in. You're looking for a person that's free from the chains that you're, you've been wrapped up in. You pray with those people. Let them pray by faith. Especially people that maybe have wore your chains and have found freedom from your chains. They know what it's like. Let them come alongside you and pray together. It's a gift from God that brings healing to our life. Let's use it. Let's maximize it. But lastly, if you want to overcome the gauntlet, of these sexual chains and live in victory and overcome shame with the truth of grace. Like there's only so much that a sermon can do. I can give you God's word, right? I can lead you to the point where, hey, this is God's word, apply it to your life. But beyond a sermon and beyond a pastor and beyond a friend, is the anointing, the power, and the presence of the Holy Spirit himself. And he has the ability to profoundly set you free in ways that no freedom could come in any other capacity. So I'm going to do for you the very same thing that the early church leaders realized they needed to do for those who were a part of the church in the early days. Here's what they did in Acts chapter 20. And I want to do the very same thing for you. And now I, I, Jeff Baker, one of your pastors, I entrust you to God. I give you to him. I put you in his hands. I entrust you to God and to the message of his grace that is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance with all those that he has set apart for himself. Because I know that for chains to really be broken, you have to run to the right source. You have to run to him today. This verse is telling us some really good news today, and that's this, that no matter what your sexual chains are, the grace of God can build you back up. You might not feel like you can be built back up, but God's word is saying right here that that's what he wants to do. He wants to build you back up. 
You might feel flattened by the chains. The chains might be weighing you down and sapping the very life out of you. But this verse tells me that the grace of God can build you back up, and it's exactly what Jesus wants to do. That's good news. It also says this, that no matter what your sexual chains are, the grace of God, he wants to set you apart for himself. Can you believe that? You might look at your life right now, and the chains just might like disgust you. And rightly so. But God's wanting to set you apart for himself. Meaning he wants to forgive you and purify you and he wants to make you perfect again in his eyes. What a gift from God. Amen? This verse is also saying to us, though, that no matter what your sexual chains are, the grace of God will make you a son or a daughter and he'll give you an inheritance of heaven with him forever. If you choose to surrender and you choose to go on the journey to discover his grace. This is the good news. But what do you have to do? You have to overcome shame. And to overcome it, you have to entrust yourself to God. And to do that today would be this. Get close to God as we respond to him in worship today. Don't try to hide things from God today. If you've got chains, you confess them to the Lord. You bring them to him. Let go of them. Some of you are hanging on to them. Give them to him. All right? And, and you, have to, you have to open up your heart and you have to trust that God has his best motive for you. Those are ways that we entrust ourselves to God. And when you, you'll be surprised that when you bring your sexual chains into the light, the light of truth, into the light of, of God, they quickly dissolve and they lose their power. This is a safe place. I want to encourage you today, as this time of worship, bring your chains to the Lord and let him bring liberty, let him bring freedom, and let him show you his grace the way he so badly wants to show you his grace. Entrust yourself to him, and you're putting yourself in the right place today. Amen? Why don't you stand with me, and let's pray. Lord, we do trust you. We trust your word. We trust that your word holds truth. And if your word says that you have grace, and your grace is sufficient, and it can, even, it can break our chains, it can set us free, for those who come to you, we run to you, we confess to you, then God... That's what we choose to do today. We can live in shame and we can live in guilt. And where is that going to get us? It's going to get us another week of bondage. It's going to get us another week of just getting wrapped up in the same old junk. But Lord, if we let go of that shame and we let go of that guilt and we run to you, then you have the ability to break the curse of shame, break, break the chasm of guilt and build a bridge back to us where when we confess to you, our confession starts to bring freedom. And you start to erode our chains. And then we can trust you, the power of your Holy Spirit, to help us overcome those chains as we walk through this week. So Jesus, you truly are the chain breaker. We call on your name right now. I ask that as the, you, Jesus, as the chain breaker, that you would break the chains of lies as the enemy's trying to whisper into the hearts of people right now to keep them bound up. I ask you to break those chains. But I ask that as you whisper into the hearts of people through the power of your spirit and you woo us to a life of freedom, that we would say yes to you today. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen.